three. <laughs> I went back to the original. Still a work in progress, just like me. <laughs> Spend a day in my brain, you have no idea. Literally. Really fun though. We're gonna have fun today. We're gonna have fun. Like fun. Fun is in Boom! The Centerfold <laughs> Podcast. Yeah. Ah, a little Wolfie. Everybody needs a little Wolfie in their life. A little Mozart. Come on. Sports podcast with Mozart. It's a nice day. You having a nice day? I'm having a nice day so far. I mean, I'm unemployed. <laughs> But I'm doing okay. How are you? Man, good weekend. Very nice weekend. It was a nice weekend, just like this part of the team. Eine kleine Nacht music. I can't do German stuff. Yeah, man, here we go. It was awesome. Two wins. Goals. Goals abounding. Like this music right now. It's abounding. (laughs) Yeah. All right. That's enough, Wolfie. I'm putting Wolfie away now. <laughs> that sounds naughty, doesn't it? Hey! Okay. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are. My name is Joseph Vallad. Play some drums for you with the Groove Machine. I may even sing a tune or two for you every now and then. And this is episode three of the Center Forward podcast. Podcast dedicated to the soccer scene here in Louisville, including content for Louisville City, racing Louisville, eventually soon some local content as well. Plus, we'd like to talk about the national teams, men's and women's. Might even get a little moment in here for MLS. And uh, and some, some pretty cool discussions. You're really going to want to stick around for that one tonight. Um, really enjoy the feedback that I've gotten on this, and I really appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for that, as I'm trying to do my best to engineer this thing. Uh, I really kind of screwed up last week um, with the initial version of it because of the sound quality. Sorry about that. I'm doing my best to work it out. I have limited equipment. Not really limited. That's actually pretty good. It's just I have, <laughs> I have limited engineering skills. <laughs> so that that's probably a big part of it. So please keep that feedback coming. Uh, there's more content coming in the next couple of weeks. Got a couple ideas for some new segments. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. And that's really the idea. We really want to balance the fun and the, and the, and the content out as much as possible with this. Um, but before we do that, I've got to take three minutes to be serious about a couple of things. Um, please, let me, let me get this off my chest and then we can move on. Uh, I do not do Twitter spats, okay? <laughs> There's no way on earth I'm getting into a Twitter spat with anyone. Okay, that kind of stuff, it's caustic. It is, there's no value to it other than people being self edifying by being crappy to somebody that they've never met. I mean, get over yourself. I'm not interested in that. If you know me and you want to discuss something, we come to a game. I, I love talking about things, and I will not be angry or nasty or mean. I mean, I love talking about stuff. So please, if you'd like to, but don't. You know, Twitter's a cesspool. I'm sorry. I, I know some of you all love to use Twitter, and, and that's great, and I, and I use it too. But man, it, this 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 phenomenon of positive reinforcement for negative connotations and negative feelings is bad. It's really bad for you. <laughs> you really need to stop doing that. But that's up to you. Live your life how you choose, man. And the second thing is, look, let me let me say this as generally as possible. I, I own everything I say, and if I put it out there, if I say something, if I make a comment, if I speak to you, um, I own it. If I make mistakes, I'm going to own that too. And there are a couple things. Over the last year or so, I'm going to be as general as possible. And it's not going to get to the ears that need to hear this, but maybe it will. Um, look, I have a set of values that I live by. I have a set of values that I try to live an honorable life. I screw things up often, <laughs> but I, sometimes I get it right. And if I communicate with you in a manner that you think is inappropriate and you think that I've said something to you uh, in, a, in a way that it shouldn't be said, I'm sorry about that, okay? But if we don't talk about it, we're not going to fix it. So, or maybe, I don't know. I'm just going to leave it at that, okay? I'm sorry to be, I don't like doing vague book, but 
<laughs> We're going to do that today a little bit. So if somebody hears that, that needs to hear it, I hope so, because there are times where people say things, I'm leaving it as general as possible, that have impact on other people because of a common relationship or two that you may have had and they struggle with it. So um, putting it out there would be more than happy in any time moment in my life at any point. If there's something that I've said to you personally that you're like, dude, I don't know. Um, let me apologize for what I would feel maybe you missed in that or however I connotated that and we can move on with our lives. Okay, that's it. Let's move on. Wonderful weekend this weekend. Saturday and Sunday, two great wins. Um, a dominant second half for sure from Louisville City. Really, really awesome performance and a fantastic performance by racing on Sunday. Uh, we're going to get into that with Joey Cecil. We're going to talk to Ken uh, Luther about some other stuff related to the game experience, which we had some fun. We had a great time at the racing game. <laughs> uh, I've never sat in those seats. This is the first time I, got, I wanted to see how the other half lives. I mean, we, you know, most of the time we're over there beating on drums and whatever. And, you know, it's not exactly luxury. It's fun, but <laughs> I wouldn't call that luxury accommodations. Um, it, well, it's not supposed to be, right? I mean, we choose to do that. So, But I got to sit literally right at the center line. Uh, during the racing game and had a couple of wonderful exchanges. <laughs> so much fun uh, and, and a literally fantastic performance. And what hopefully can be a good run, because I think uh, racing has a stretch of three games. The Gotham game is going to be tough, let's be honest. But then they have a stretch of three games after that that I really think they can, they can make a nice move towards the playoffs, um, towards that. And we'll get into that with Joey too. And once again, like... <laughs> The, uh, the 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 Louisville uh, City performance, specifically in the second half, I just dominant, dominant, dominant performance, and very happy weekend. Uh, hope you enjoyed it too. If you're at these games, I would love to hear you share your experiences with me. And like I said before, we go on. If you have any content that you'd like to add, if you feel like you want to be part of this thing, let me know. I'd love to have you in. Okay, before we get to uh, Joey Cecil and our five things, how about a round of applause for Matt Owens, who uh, was selected as one of the fans for the USL, I think it's called Fan Appreciation Month. Uh, he was one of the profiles chosen. Can't think of a better guy for it. All he's done for the culture here, I know he's the, uh, I'm pretty sure, vice president of the Coopers now, as well as the Groove Machine. He's played drums with us for years. And, and overall, great guy, very funny dude, and I'm um, really proud of him. And uh, hopefully he continues to do the work he does because it's necessary. He does a really, really good job for, for everyone here. Congrats, Matt. Okay, it is now time for five things. I love five things. Only two games this week, but they were they made us smile. <laughs> a couple of things around the games made us smile as well. So here we go, five things. Number five, relax. It's a false alarm. Set off the fire alarms at the game. <laughs> I've never heard of anything like that. And and when it was happening, I didn't even notice it the first time. And then the second time, I'm looking at the score, but I'm like, is this a new thing that they do for goals? Like, is this it's an alarm or something like that, or a red alert or whatever? I was like, no, it's a fire alarm. <laughs> so it's like, oh, come on, man. But it was pretty funny. Uh, it was a great night. I had such fun. It was a really, really good night for the team as well. Number four, dude, you tripped over the ball. His name's Graham Smith. He, he's been with... Uh, He's, he, he's been with uh, Kansas City now for, I think, four years. And on the last goal, the poor guy got posterized by tripping over the soccer ball. <laughs> and I hate dogging players. I'm not that guy. I don't like doing that. But it was kind of unique. That could have been like a worst 10 sports center moment. But, hey, man, we won 4-1. Deal with it. Number three, the hell is that thing? Gorp. What is Gorp? <laughs> I mean, the first time I saw it, I'm like, okay, is this one of those... Uh, uh, self-induced hallucinations <laughs> I, I was under when I was in college but no <laughs> let's not talk about that um, but it's pretty funny and whoever does it does a really good job with it so good for Gorp it's great to add that to the uh, racing culture as well number two 19 quarters is like a lot of corners and it was a, it was such a dominant performance the second half specifically really really happy to see that man I mean I know that the quality of the competition but still, um, they played well regardless. Good for them. And, and last but certainly not least, three ways to make you smile. Man, those three racing goals, huh? Pretty awesome. All three of them had their own sort of personality, three different ways to score. And um, I think their best performance of the year, clearly. Um, and it was, it was really great to see. It, it, hopefully that is a stepping stone. Uh, for in the schedule coming up, uh, there's there's some some games that they can get some points in, and uh, it'd be nice to get them into the playoff hunt. Uh, but it's awesome. What a fun week! I had a fun week this week. <laughs>
you know, in general. It's just, it's great to see this thing doing well. Both teams having wins, it just makes your week better. Puts a, puts a little jump in your step or something. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Actually, basically, I'm just trying to take up time, time to get to the end of the tune. But anyway, there's your five things. The big pause. There it is. Looking forward to uh, some more wins. Certainly, game coming up this weekend here. All right, those are five things. Once again, here to break down uh, two really good wins uh, for the Louisville local professional teams. Uh, Joey Cecil. Joey, how are you today? I'm doing great about yourself. I'm doing fabulous, man. And I saw, a, just a couple hours ago, I saw a really good post from you. Would you like to share? Sure. So uh, today was actually the four-and-a-half-year uh, results appointment for uh, my glioblastoma man, for my awesome. MRI. And uh, everything is still clean and stable, uh, the best we can be. So, uh, you know, no complaints. Uh, we're, we're looking at May for the next MRI, which means it'll put us pack the, past the five-year mark which is one of the big right. uh, statistics in uh, cancer research. That's awesome, it's the, brother. It's the three- and five-year mark. So, yeah, just just always great to get that little piece of anxiety and stress out of the way, sure. and now, you know, can just go back on about life and until our next appointment. That's good to hear, man. I'm really happy for you, pal. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Awesome. And also some good news this week. Uh, two pretty cool soccer matches, brother. I thought it yes. was a great night. Let's start with racing because – Man, I'll tell you what, I was actually at the match, had great seats. I sat with Ken and Rebecca. They have, like, literally on the center line. Um, three goals, three distinct personalities of each goal. I thought the first goal was about the best thing I've seen them do all year. I thought it was tremendous. So give me your take on the whole game. So it was kind of finally seeing what this team's capable of. Right. Uh, you know, we had, all, as close as I think we've had, Beyond maybe the maybe a two a couple of our two nothing wins or the three nothing win in Chicago as to a total team effort, everyone chipping in. Mm. You know our our attackers really looked uh, into the game this time. Right. My only criticism is we just need to clean up those sloppy goals. Yeah. Uh, we've we've tended to give up a few ugly poached goals this season where, uh, you know, Bedos has kind of been left hanging dry. Right. Right. And you know, with, I, I've just noticed that's been a little bit of a trend. You know, just those ugly goals, but you can't really find too much to complain and and you know be critical about in a three-one win. Yeah, and, and um, the first goal, like I was saying, if, if going back and look at it, the the the, the build-up, yeah, was so first-class, all the way through, right from the second, from the entire build-up from the beginning was so great to see. Um, the the uh, the second goal too. Well, the second goal is such a great individual effort. Uh, that's we, we see the you know the benefits of having Nadia Nadim on this team. Bro. Yes, and I've noticed that since since she first stepped on the field a couple of weeks ago is she has got a physical presence in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know she is able to attack the ball unlike anyone else on our team, and it was just a matter of time until she broke through with that first header goal. Right. And you know hopefully it's one of those situations where the dam is broken. And she mm. is ready to start going on a tear. Yeah, because it was. It, it, she really has. I mean, she's a first-rate player, and very difficult to deal with because of her presence in the air, like you're talking about. And um, the third goal too. It's the second match in a row now. Shane uh, Matthews comes on, and it's just this instant burst of energy, especially when you're dealing with yes. the, the temperatures. Um, it's such a great tactical uh, thing to have. I mean, I love the way she plays. She, she's yes. becoming my favorite player. I, I love Shayna Matthews because you know in my notes here I've got she just brings it. Yeah. When the minute the minute she is on the field to the final whistle, she, it, it may only be a 20, 30 minute appearance, but she leaves nothing behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is full effort running around the field, and just like you said, when it comes to that time of the game, just that little bit extra pressure, that little bit extra annoyance can right. create those errors yep. that she capitalized on. And I am always a fan of, I hate it when it happens to my teams, <laughs> but I love walking it into the net. Absolutely. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> that is just such an attitude move. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you've got it, use it. Absolutely. And, and were, were there any other players that stood out for you? The big thing I'm noticing is, are we starting to see Savannah McCaskill, the facilitator? Okay. Okay. You know, she had two assists, right, uh, right. I, I would call it, th- through that game. Mm-hmm. And... I think you're starting to see that getting more talent in front of her. Right. She's not trying to score more goals or anything like that. 
she's kind of getting more comfortable setting people up. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's true. Didn't and, see it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And I think I'm sorry. I think part of that goes to also we've had a slight formation change. Right. That's exactly what I was just going to ask you about. I was just going to ask you about that. Yeah, I think we've dropped Lauren Malay to the bench, mm-hmm. and we've kind of had Savannah drop a little deeper to kind of right. be that that midfielder next to Freya. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think you can see the last couple games, it's had an impact. Yes, She's it has. been more into the game. Our attack's been a bit stronger. Mm-hmm. So we're so we're going to see going forward. You know, is this is this that best eleven? Yeah. Uh, with, you know, I think it's been a moving a moving target of sure. question since the season started is, you know, what would be our best 11? One of the things that was really cool to see as well was their transition um, formation-wise from defense to offense was really, really sound. They did a great job, way less problems. I'm, I'm, I'm stammering here. Much less uh, issues transitioning offensive defensively, especially on our right and left back area which seemed to sure. be a little bit of an issue recently. I didn't see a whole lot of that in this game. We were sitting, they did, I think they did, that was a huge improvement for them. That's what I saw. And I agree with that. I think a, a big thing is having that person, having that deeper person next to Freya who, you know, transitioning out of the central defense into right. defensive midfield, mm-hmm. a lot of her first move is backwards. Right, okay. So at times that can stunt our attack. Right, uh, right. But with someone like a Savannah or, you know, some of these wingbacks getting the ball earlier, Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives us that ability to really transition quicker. Right. And, you know, we've shown that ability to be very dangerous mm-hmm. in transition. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I think I think that that's one of our our uh, advantages right now mm-hmm. with racing is we've got speed. We've yeah. got technical expertise up top. Right, right, right. And, and sometimes we struggle when we're trying to break down an opponent that's, you know, already sitting in their half. But if mm-hmm. we can get, you know, CC Kaiser out on the run, okay. we can get Emily Fox running down right. the flank. You know, we've got speed to burn. She's a full. She's a full field presence too, Foxes. I mean, it's yes. You know, yes, so. and I think, and it's a great thing to see. I think I don't know whether I'm going to give give her credit or maybe it's something Coach Holly hates. But at times, she's been given license to roam. Right. And you know, you'll you'll see her pop up down the middle. Mm-hmm. There have been times I'm like, you're on the right side now. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it works. You know, you know. Yes, it does. If, if she's even given the license, use it. Right. And all in all, just a wonderful afternoon. Yes. Some winnable games coming up after. You know, Gotham's going to be tough, but there's three matches after that. They should be competitive in all three of them. So, hopefully, some more points to get us in the uh, playoff hunt. Let's transition over to Louisville City. Um, specifically the second half, but in general, absolute domination. I didn't see it any other way. Agreed. And the whole league should be terrified right now because the quote Brian Ownby has said, he's never felt more confident. Yeah, man. Everyone should be terrified. (laughs) If he's saying that, then he knows it. Um, I saw that part of the interview and I went, Oh no. Yeah. Really? Someone took, someone tugged on Superman's cape. Hear that? Because Uh, he's been pretty amazing. Jorge got another goal. Jorge is heating up. Um, yep. Great, great to see. Hopefully, Cam scoring from run of play too. Yeah, man. Hopefully, that'll get him going up top. Mm-hmm. I just and it's 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 just again, it's hard to be critical, but I just need to see a clean sheet somewhere. Yeah, it would be nice, no doubt, no doubt. You know, give you that extra. The only, that's the only thing that's been lingering is you know can can we go through a game without that little heart attack moment? Right, and it, it's just for me right now, the whole idea of having that extra person on the field that has attacking prowess like Gonzalez has, that changes us. I really think because we, you know, I'm not going to say we were weak on the attack. We certainly weren't. But these last three or four matches, it just seems, it, it feels like, you know, and then you got Bone getting up a little bit more. It feels like that there's just multiple vectors. It's it's too much to deal with. If I'm coaching against it, I don't know, man. That is a lot of, that's a lot of stuff to deal with. And, and that, that is definitely true. Uh, it's like I mentioned in the last podcast. We haven't had since Magnus left that guy who can score behind Cam. Yep. That guy at the top of the box. And that makes the defense that much more hesitant to start marking Cam and just saying, all right, good luck getting your goals from somewhere else. Yep, yep, yep. You know, now now they have to be really be aware of more of our players. That opens up space. And if he's that guy, great. If it's the rest of the team, even better. But he's the guy who who's really heating up right now. Uh, if this can help unleash Corbin Bone to become, yep. you know, last half of last year Corbin Bone, yep, that's even better as well. But it's also got to come with keeping your shape, 
have remembering you do have defensive responsibilities because mm-hmm. uh, it's all great and all to pour four goals into the net. Right. But against some of these better teams, it might not be four one. We right. might be in a four three track meet. Yeah, and that's that's. I mean, they're fun for us in a way. Yeah, <laughs> but definitely don't want to see. I mean, the last thing we wanted. Sometimes I felt um, that you know defensively, maybe not so much lately, but eh, it's, it's still there. It feels like it could crack a little bit easier than than we've been cracked. And I don't, I don't want ten. It's tenuous might not even be the word for it. It's just I don't have the confidence as as we back up in defense that I do when this team attacks now. True. I mean, it's like I said. This is this is the first year. In Louisville City history, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna beat a dead horse here. Mm-hmm. It's the first year in Louisville City history where we don't wonder where the goals are gonna come from. We wonder who's gonna stop them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's that, the that, first that, that year because most true. of the time we've built from the back to the front. Right. We keep people out. We get a lot of one nothing, two nothing wins. Yep. Um, but this year it's been okay. We've got that attackers. You know, we got that attacking threat. How are we gonna stop them? You know, and. Right. You know, if I had to challenge you right now to name our starting back line, if we had a game to win tomorrow, I, it's going to be a tough call. Yeah, it is. You know, no one's really played stupendously well yeah. this, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we still even have the goalkeeper question going forward. Yes, we do. So, and, and you know, just the fact that that hasn't really been settled either. Right. But it's a good thing to have that you can keep asking these questions and win 4-1. Yes, sir. So... You know, at some point, I think we have to realize we might be being, we might be too critical. But right. That's what we Absolutely. come to expect. But that's and what it, we come to expect with Louisville City. Right. And it's and it's there's nothing wrong with critical. It's how we're critical, and that's you know, I we, yeah. we've got a lot of good here, and that's what really makes it makes it fun and, and a lot of anticipation. I think uh, excitement for both teams over the next few weeks. I'm looking forward to seeing it. So, Joe, you're going to come back for another segment. We're going to talk national team stuff, and we'll uh, we'll talk to him in a few minutes. Awesome. So, yeah, it was a pretty rough go for us boarding Kansas City 2 this week. And, you know, they're having a rough year. And their their uh, owner group is doing whatever they can to help. In fact, I have stolen a public address announcement that's going to be going out. You're going to hear it first here. Ah, the sounds of a relaxing evening. There's nothing quite like sitting back with a cold one and enjoying the quiet. If you like sitting by yourself, listening to the crickets, watching the birds, and maybe leaning back and getting into a good book, then we have the perfect place for you. If you live in or around the Kansas City area, there is no better way to enjoy a quiet night of the beautiful game than coming to a Sporting Kansas City 2 game. Unlike those other soccer teams, we guarantee you won't be disturbed by any rowdy chanting, drums, or even the occasional clapping. That's because at a Sporting KC 2 game, there won't be another fan within 50 feet of you. Heck, we're pretty sure Barry in 119 is in a coma. We call it our peace and quiet guarantee. Sure, some of the more rowdy clubs have tons of fans and traditions like halftime hug time. We know that's not what you are here for. At Sporting KC2, we give our fans what they really want. Halftime nap time. This Saturday, the boys are back home for our annual pillow and blanket night. The first 10 fans get a free pillow and blanket for that genuine Sporting KC2 experience. As always, the extras will be donated to a local charity. So if you love overpriced beer without all the fun of a soccer game, you know where to be this Saturday. How do we make it all happen? We here in the office feel the same way as our fans. We don't give a rat's ass. Sporting KC2. No matter how the team does, you'll always have... A good night. So as you can hear, <laughs> they're struggling a little bit there. It's amazing how their uh, public address guy sounds a lot like Matt Owens, doesn't it? 
Hang in there, Sporting Kansas City, too. X-Swopes, whatever they are. All right, ladies and gentlemen, bringing in my good friend Ken Luther to discuss uh, all the fun we had this weekend. Ken, how are you? <laughs> I, I had probably too much fun. So, yeah, me, it's, me too. you know, it's, it's a couple days into the week already, and I'm still kind of recovering from <laughs> the amount of fun. Now, winning, winning helps winning a lot. Helps. Getting seven goals between the two teams uh, was fantastic. You know, so many goals were setting off the fire alarms at the stadium, which caused a little bit of anxiety with me. But hey, you know, I don't know. That's okay. weird. It was. I thought. I thought it was a a new sort of goal celebration. I swear. Uh, well, <laughs> I had that no is idea. A bad idea for a goal celebration. <laughs> That was crazy. Hey, man, congratulations on the brand new spanking van. Well, it's uh, it's new. not new, actually. It's not a van where you spank um, people. I, I'm sorry. I, I <laughs> wanted a specific type of van so it could fit in my garage so I could work on it. Mm -hmm. So I bought a used uh, cargo van that was a Rockstar Energy uh, drink yeah. van mm -hmm. uh, that had been uh, in an accident. So the one of the doors was bashed in, and evidently Rockstar Energy drink had gotten all over the place, and it was old and it was nasty. So I had to strip <laughs> it out and clean it out and get the door replaced. It was a mess, but it's coming along. It's about half built, so it's. It, I love it. You got a side business there, you know that? Uh, no, because <laughs> I have to do everything three times. Oh my so god! Yeah, I hear you. Incredibly hear you. inefficient. <laughs> also, want to thank you for the uh, for the seats for the racing game, which we had. Uh, we had our share of fun. Yes, we did. <laughs> um, the seats are right behind the the friendly bench, and we are you know ten feet away between the discussions of the coaches and the fourth official, which, uh, which is fantastic. Yeah, at man, times. that was great. That was great. You know, there was a call early on in the racing game yep. <laughs> uh, and coach Ollie was vehemently complaining about it to the fourth official. Yeah. Uh, and the fourth official says it's too early. <laughs> that was so stupid. Too early, oh, too, too early, early for what? What? to make the call to give a card. I mean, a foul is a foul. You got to make the call. So that poor fourth official, not only got it from all of the racing coaching staff, but also us. Right, uh, right. So we gave it to him all game long to the point where I think, uh, maybe the club is going to Ask me to uh, think about where else I'd like to sit in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> but we had them laughing in the 20th minute when uh, there was some sort of call that they didn't give us or something. No, though, they they called a foul on us that they really should. It looked like a pretty bad call. She had a pretty rough game. I mean, the, the, the head official did not have her best match. And then we were like, no, nah, it's too early for that. <laughs> Screaming out loud. <laughs> yeah, well, you you remember my what we were talking about is is I'm trying to figure out if uh, the NWSL is more physical than the yeah. USL and they don't call as many call fouls as many. or that the refereeing is more inconsistent. So yeah. they miss a lot more files and then sometimes they call them or vice versa or somewhere along that pe pendulum. And I haven't really figured it out. My, yeah. my initial thought is it's a more physical league. Yeah, I, I think mean, so they, too. They go at it and they, they don't necessarily call a lot of stuff that stuff on a kind of average basis. It, it seems to be a lot more stuff is let being let go. I agree with you. I, I, for the matches that I've watched, it seems like there's a man. I don't know if there's a more, if there's more actual content, it just seems the amount that they're willing to accept in, in yeah. so far consistently seems to be a little bit more forgiving. Um, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm not really, I haven't, I don't have enough sampling on the officials themselves. I don't think, generally seemed okay until this last match for me i mean this last match i was just like oh i think she's struggling a little bit but yeah. you know the other thing mm -hmm. yeah the other thing is when when a player goes down uh in the women's game yeah on either side you know they're really hurt yeah yeah the, the, there's no the, I, I the amount of diving which drives me nuts oh i can't stand it. I haven't really seen i've seen it maybe once or twice but for the most part um they're they're getting bashed yeah um, they are but uh, it was really impressive. I thought it was an impressive performance. Really, I mean, yes. it's, it's not just it's not just the fact that the you know, it's not that the the opponent was an inferior opponent. You can play poorly against a bad opponent, and they did not play poorly. I mean, they have they have things that still need to work out. But I mean, I thought they, I think they executed pretty darn well. Is the issue I had is that uh, we decided uh, sometime in February to play a three o'clock game <laughs> in August yeah, in man. Kentucky. I, I'm not exactly sure what whoever was scheduling was thinking there yeah, that, that and to be sure, I think it was below average temperature. 
Um, yeah, and yeah, I don't, yeah, it was because we had the shade too. That makes it a lot easier for us, I guess. Yeah, the the supporters section at the, the the Cooper's end or the mm-hmm. Lavender Legion end, right, right. is uh, it's a heat magnet because yes, it's it is, metal. Man. There's no breeze. The sun is uh, shining down. I mean, there was sun everywhere. I mean, even Scouse's house underneath the right. the large screen had sun directly on it at three o'clock in, in the afternoon, and it was hot. And I, yeah. I sure it uh, affected the where people were oh, going to stand and what absolutely. people were going to do. They should rename it the frying pan. <laughs> it feels like it sometimes. Yeah. Well, anyway, man, we're going to, um, we're going to be back in, in a few minutes where we're going to be uh, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good conversation about some things that, uh, that we want to dig into here. So Ken, we'll have you back in a few minutes. Sweet. Okay. We're about to get to Joey and Ken again. And I'm telling you, you're really going to want to check these out because uh, we're going to be talking about the national team, also, great conversation with Ken about something that I really think is relevant to what's going on around us today. But before we do that, who's ready for the most insightful, deep, intense, thoughtful analysis of what many consider to be the greatest sports league in the history of sports leagues anywhere in the universe? Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Here we go. Who's ready? I know you're ready. I'm ready. All right, here it is. In the East, a team that apparently represents six states is really, really good. While the Ohio State Hardhats cling to one of those, I don't know, I think about 84 playoff spots that they have. FC Newport continues to be allergic to winning. And in the West, we have, we have, I don't know, it's MLS. I'm bored already. Let's, let's move on. The MLS <laughs> Hey man, you asked for it, you got it. Going to welcome back Joey Cecil to talk a little bit national team stuff because there are some doings going on. There's the the ongoing issue uh, with the equal pay argument for the women's team. Uh, There was some more stuff that came out this week, Joe. Yeah, it's very interesting what came out. So U.S. soccer came out to say that they are fully committed in supporting the Equal Pay Act Mm -hmm. that is going through Congress. Right. That would have, you know, all sporting federations in the United States required to have equal pay. Right. And with everything else you've seen in the news, that seems kind of counter and contrary to what we've seen. Yeah, it is. So so if you read their letter, it's very interesting. So Mm -hmm. they mention how they've worked with the U.S. women's national team to resolve. The first part was on the Title IX working conditions. Right. That means better venues, better field surfaces, flights Mm -hmm. and accommodations, things of that nature. Right. And part of me goes, okay, I get some of that because, you know, I remember they were supposed to play in Hawaii a few years ago at the Aloha Bowl. Wow. And they shut that down. Right, right. Uh, The women's team did. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, because you wouldn't expect the men to go play on that. Right, exactly. That is is an awful. I've been there. It is an awful field. Miserable. (laughs) Miserable. But it did also say the appeal is still active on the equal pay aspect of their lawsuit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is where it's going to get thorny because the women's team is still seeking to, or uh, still seeking dues uh, around the hundred million dollars. Yeah, That was the one thing I read in that, that really confused me. What did you get? They're saying something they want retroactive something. And then it was what what they're looking to get is, and I understand us soccer's hesitancy to meet this on one front. Okay. U.S. soccer has offered some pay structure and to fix that for the games they control. Okay. And the U.S. women are, are, are part of the lawsuit is getting a hundred million dollars retroactive pay mm-hmm. for games dating back to the beginning of the team, including U.S. Federation controlled games and FIFA games. I see. I see. I, yeah. Okay. So that's and all right. U.S. soccer. U.S. soccer is offering to help out with the games they control. Now they say control, not controlled. Right. So they're saying going forward. Right. But I think a part of the problem is U.S. women are, are suing for everything, including World Cup games wow. and things of that nature where the U.S. Soccer Federation didn't control a lot of the aspects of that equation. Wow. Um, and also $100 million is that's a ton of money for the Federation, though it's, it's not like they're going to go bankrupt. Right. 
in any way, shape, or form. And that was one of the things I read into it. I, I, must have, I don't know if I read it right, where they were saying they were expecting FIFA to kick money in somehow or something. What did you read? Yeah, that? I, I, I don't. That's where it started. I started getting lost in that. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't see a way that's 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 going to happen in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, just... But also, what they, they also said, U.S. Soccer kind of ended it with saying, you know, well, not ended it. They began that discussion again by saying, we're going to continue to seek to resolve this outside of the courts. Right. Okay. Which just signals to me this is going to prolong and keep going. Right. Well, um, I hope they come but, to. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. I think what 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 really got to me, a little ear, a little irritated me a little bit was if you got to the end of the article and letter, they kind of throw around like, oh yeah, we may not have paid them what they deserve, but we do all this other stuff to help balance it out. Uh, hmm. Like, for instance, they mentioned how they support the NWSL with salaries, office staff, marketing, and broadcast help. Hmm. They mentioned the millions of dollars they pumped into youth programs. Okay. They mentioned the She Believes campaign and the She Believes tournament. Right, right. And then they end on by dangling the carrot that they're possibly bidding on the 2031 Women's World Cup. I did read that, too. Okay. And I was just like, you know, but it's it's kind of counterintuitive to the, to the, the whole... Min, the the whole focus of the letter, which is, all right, we're committed to support the Equal Pay Act. We're just going to be talking about it going forward. And mind you, we've done all this already. Wow. Okay. So it it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth a little bit. I just got you. The way I read it. I got you. Um, so it's kind of like you know what we agree we should equal pay, mm-hmm. but we're still not doing much to get rid of this black eye on our federation. Right. Right. And it's going to be. Man, that's going to get messy too. I don't see that not getting messy when you start talking about retro pay. Mm-hmm. I don't see how. I mean, I mean, I, I hope they get it. I, it's, I mean, I'm just, I'm an observer. I, I always yeah. want people to get paid. <laughs> well, you agreed. Know? especially a team that's earned it. I right. mean, right. You know, when we talk about stars, there are stars above our crest for the women, right? Not for the men. Exactly. Granted, the men do have larger attended games and blah mm-hmm. blah blah, so on and so forth. But. You know, what U.S. soccer does on a global landscape, it's been the women. Yeah. I mean, just just when you get down to it, when you get down to it, you know. um, And so it it, it was just it was it was good to see that they're going, you know, I think they have a better picture in their head of what they want to do going forward. Right. Being committed to the Equal Pay Act. Mm -hmm. But I think they focused way too much on that and not really. And I think it, it even seemed like. They seemed hesitant to discuss right. that other part of the lawsuit and and getting that figured out. Yeah, well, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting year. <laughs> Just, and and, and I, I also know. wonder, I also wonder if it's going to get even more uh, tenuous and, and strenuous. You know, we talked about it. Some of these players are going to be phasing out of the national team. Exactly. After the bronze medal, there is that is that's the next thing I wanted to touch on super quick before we get to the MLS thing. Uh, several players who may have played their last game, and I'm wondering if it's time. If I know there's a World Cup coming up in a couple of years, but I'm wondering, man, I know you always want to put your best team out there, but we got to take a pretty hard look at youth now. I, I think I really well, think I, three I, three words. Mm-hmm. Pull the trigger. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm 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 with you. I I, I get it. You don't want to sacrifice. You know, we have such great players that have done so much for you. But man, you can you can you can ride that car one time too many and run out of gas. And we don't want oh, to yeah. go to we don't want to go to a World Cup and get beaten. When I say beaten, I mean losing a World Cup to a, to an equal opponent. Let's say if Sweden comes along because they're getting yeah. better. That's one thing. We don't want to have a three nothing in that in that venue. We oh, just no. don't. I mean, that's I not mean, that's not us. And if and, if you want if you want these numbers, sure, please. Half of our team in Tokyo was over thirty. Yeah, man. Becky Sauerbrunn, 36. Megan Rapino, 36. Yep. Carly Lloyd, 39. 39. Wow. Okay. You know, Kelly O'Hara, 32. Yep. Kristen Press, 32. Alex Morgan, 32. Yep. Yeah. Tobin Heath, 33. <laughs> I mean, that's giving me We're chills. Talking, that's the heart of the team. Not, <laughs> these are not bench players. No, these this is the, that's the soul of the team. That and, you, you know, just we mentioned. even talked about we even talked about Lynn Williams stepping up to shine. 28. Yeah, man. Um, so, you know, we got to find, I think my fear was this, and this was actually brought up earlier today. I was talking with someone is 
I don't expect them to hit the same wall that the U.S. men did when they failed to qualify right. against Trinidad and Tobago. Right. But that was a similar instance where yes, we had a core we were relying on, and the core just wasn't firing. Right. But and it's and and this is you know and and the the problem here is the same problem the U.S. men had where what's in the cupboard? Do we right. even know if we need to go to the store? Right. 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 I totally agree. We got lucky in a way because. You know, the development of Sargent, the de- development of Tim Way, the development of, of Claudio. Uh, I keep calling him Claudio. <laughs> I <laughs> can't help it because Claudio was my favorite player. Gio, Gio Reina. Yeah. Um, the, we, they popped up in a year. It seemed like, yes. you know, they just they just blossomed immediately all at the same time. Tyler Adams. I mean, there's just a bunch of young yeah. men that you can see that future. And my concern is leaving is that this is not, I don't know if we have that. I just don't know if we have that core of 18, yeah. 19 year old players. Maybe it's, we do. I hope we do. I just, I don't, well, I don't know. And I think leading up to the next world cup, mm-hmm. it's time to figure out who those are. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, one last game, let, let the veterans go out, yep. bring in, bring in, I'm, I'm not going to pick a random country, but bring in someone, stomp them nine or 10, nothing. Let exactly. people get their goals. Yep. And say, adios, thanks for your help. Absolutely, I'm with you. And everything else there, everyone should be under the age of 25. I agree. I agree. Totally agree. Which leads into the, uh, you know, we were just talking a little bit about the uh, the men's side. I'm seeing a general trickle, uh, a, a growing a pouring of players in, from the United States going into these European leagues. And even oh, yeah. moving from, even into uh, even into EPL, we just saw yesterday, I think it was, Josh yeah. Sargent being signed by Norwich. Yes. Um, I'm just a couple minutes. What do you think? What do you think about this whole deal? Where you know MLS is basically they found a lane. I could be wrong, but they found a lane where they're sort of like, and I don't like this analogy. Maybe I should. Well, I'll use it. They found a lane where they're sort of like a Triple A league to what's going on in Europe. And yeah, you know, I, and I'm not. It's it. not a bad thing. It's not an insult. I'm not. I'm not insulting them when I say that. That's no, a no, hell of no. a lot better than what it was 15 years ago. It's also a hell of a lot better than the retirement league they were. Yes, about I agree. five to ten years ago. So it seems like a pretty cool league. It's just that these young players playing over there. Yeah, I don't know what the resolution is. I don't know how that ends. I'm just. I was wondering what you thought about that. So you know, you've got all these young MLS guys. A lot of guys who also played on the Gold Cup going overseas. Right. You know, Sam Vines goes to Gink in Belgium. Busio, mm-hmm. breakout Gold Cup, possibly going to Venezia in Italy. Brian Reynolds going to Roma. Mm-hmm. Tanner Tessman going to Venezia. Right. Brendan Aronson going to Austria. Daryl DK just came back from a great loan spell at Barnsley. Right, right. And I think you're starting to see it. It's it's, it's twofold. It's MLS and and especially the teams getting better at producing these players and developing them. Right. But I think a bigger thing is it's Americans getting more respect. Yes. On the international landscape and market. And I think a big part of that is the potential golden generation we have. Mm-hmm. Of young Americans, the Pulisics, yep, uh, the Reynas, the Weston McKinneys, the Sergio Dest, the Tyler yeah. Adamses, Brooks. guys who have shown they don't just play in Europe, they play for big major players. Yes, they do. And it's, I have to say, I wrote this and I was like, it's insane to me that in my lifetime, I remember it was huge news when Landon Donovan got loaned to Everton. Yeah, man. It was, it was big news for me. <laughs> huge news when Josie Altador went to the Netherlands. Yeah, man. You know, and he got signed to, what was it, Sunderland? Like, it was huge news. And yeah, now we've Stoke, got guys. I think he ended up too. Yeah. Stoke as well. Guys who are making differences at Chelsea, yep. Dortmund, Juventus. Yep. Uh, it just doesn't seem real at times. And right. I think that is trickling down. Mm-hmm. To MLS. Yeah. And I think they're reaping the benefits of this golden generation of American players yeah. who are striking it huge in Europe. Yeah. It's and it and it's 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 almost like, you know, I read a great book, Soccernomics, where they talk about that. Where certain players from certain countries, no matter how good they may be, have a leg up on other players from other countries just based off where they're from. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, and Americans don't hadn't traditionally gotten that much respect on the international radar. Mm-hmm. But you're starting to see Americans being difference makers now. That means you don't want to be left behind nope. if this is the golden generation of American players. Right. And it helps us out, too, because we're seeing you're seeing people who took the path like like uh, Jogo took, who, yeah. who has a future over there. And um, you, to see him here, maybe other players 
that trickle down that you're talking about may help USL out in, in the long run too. Sure. Uh, it's just, it's just about, it's about being able to develop talent, yeah, which man. I think for a long time has been a problem with American soccer and specifically MLS. Those MLS academies have gotten so much better in the last yes, 10 years. I remember Holy if crap. you remember how long ago was it? Seven or eight years ago, there was the Jordan Morris debate. Yes, there was. <laughs> I remember it very well. Should Jordan Morris, Morris go, go to, to college in, right. or go to an overseas team? I think right. it was in Germany. Um, he had an offer. Yes, he did. And I it was a debate. Was, I want to say it was uh, Dortmund. Maybe I'm wrong, but it might have been Dortmund. Uh, it, was it was a somebody... German team. I remember that much. Uh, but it was just like, what should he do? Right. And that was the debate. And mm. everyone was like, he should go overseas because he has no chance developing over here. Right. Uh, but for every one of those, last thing I mentioned, for every one of those, there was also the early guys who tried and struck out. Uh, I'll never forget Mark Pelosi. Sure. Sure. Huge. One of our potential mm. big name guys goes to Liverpool, breaks his leg and never mm. really pans out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and what could have been had he just, you know, stayed here and, you know, went to MLS for a few years. Right. I'm trying to remember who's it that, that was a 12 man that went to, to Bolton to who was that? Oh, Stu Holden. Stu Holden. Stu Holden. That's right. Yeah, but I think Stu Holden was also, he was one of our early uh, dual nationals. Right, right. That's true. That's true. And he was one of our first, uh, what was he? Was he a, a Britican or a Welshican I or forget. something like that? I forget it. Just a poor kid. He hurt his knee too. And it's not yeah. just it's not just the players. I'll tell you what I was really excited about. We can finish up with this. What I was really excited about is Jesse Marsh taking mm -hmm. over Leipzig. That yeah. is such a huge deal. Because we've only had one American Bradley coach a first division team in one of those top leagues, and he really struggled at Swansea. Now, Swansea had all their own, had nothing oh, yeah. to do with, with Bradley. I mean, he, he, he was, I, I, I'm biased, you know, of course, being American. Right, he right. was given no chance to right. succeed. Absolutely. Uh, he was totally a scapegoat. Agree. Right. Um, but, but, then, but then you got to see, though, you know, you got to see the success he had uh, in the second French division. Right, right. But, but at the end of the day, though, he it still had that connotation. Right. He's an American. American. Exactly. And to see Jesse Marsh get, go through the go through the process, Red Bull has an amazing organization. Mm -hmm. They are just top down. And they and from him getting this, you know, doing his thing in, in Jersey and then getting a chance as, as a um, I know he went to the he went to the first team in Leipzig before he went down to Salzburg. Yeah. And he coached at Salzburg for a while. And now he's coaching a team that's got a shot of, of being in to being in champions league. So, yeah. I mean, this is a huge, it's a huge generation, not just for, for the players, but getting coaches, this kind of, if he succeeds, that's going to open another door that we really need to have opened. We need to get the respect of the, of the average fan over there about our tactical abilities and our skills to lead from the bench as coaches. We really need that. As Agreed. Well. Agreed. You know? And hopefully as well, if this is a golden generation of players as well, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that'll help to finally crack some excitement of young players getting into the uh, world of soccer. Absolutely. You know, a problem I've always said about the USA is this is not a dig towards our current pool of players, but mm -hmm. we do not send our best athletes to play soccer. No, we don't. Our no, best athletes don't. go play basketball, basketball. football, baseball. Yep. That's true. And, and other things before, mm -hmm. you know. I hate to put it this way. We send our fourth or fifth best athletes to go play soccer. And it matters. Uh, and, and that does make a difference when you're going up against a lot of country's best athletes. Absolutely. Totally. So good. We, we, we have to be, we have to be 10. We have to work 10 times harder. We have to, we, you know, we have to have 10 times the tactics to make yeah. up that difference. I agree. Well, Joey, this has been great. Uh, like I said, I really appreciate you uh, chipping in here. And also once again, continued success uh, with the health. Really happy for you. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you again. Okay. I want to say thank you to Joey Cecil again for being part of the show. We're going to get to Ken Luther in a moment, but before we do, it's my favorite time of the show because I like to learn things. Man, Gorp. <laughs> what is going on with that? <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny. I, I, I think the dude that does it is hilarious. Um, but man, I had never intellectually considered puppets in my life. Um, may have had a couple conversations with them. I'm not sure if they were uh, talking back. <laughs> I had issues. Anyway, get your pads and pencils. Are you ready? Come on now. Let's learn a little something about puppets. Here we go. Puppetry is a very ancient form of theater, which was first recorded in the 5th century BC in ancient Greece. Some forms of puppetry may have originated as long ago as 3,000 years BC. So they had puppets like 5,000 years ago. 
guess that's kind of cool. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Did you know that uh, puppets are similar to dolls? They often use strings or other means to make the puppet move and look alive. That's good to know. <laughs> so somebody's helping them along. I mean, it's kind of obvious, but man, some of these cats are really good with them. Did you know that? I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that you knew the puppets had strings connected to them. <laughs> anyway, you know why they're called puppets? Other terms, I, I know, I have no idea. Other terms are used, often derived from words meaning doll. English derives puppet from the old French, I don't know how to say this, poupette? P-O-U-P. <laughs> I'm such a child. Diminutive, it's a diminutive of poupée. Like poupée in German. And the Sicilian poupée. <laughs> it's all about poop, I guess. I, I'm a child. I am such a child. I'm sorry. A Sicilian puppet. Probably running around whacking each other. Oh my gosh, did I go there? Yes, I did. Hey, I'm Italian. I'm allowed. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Puppets are cool. <laughs> Takes skill. I, I just... That's all I got. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about puppets, man. But there's a little... Uh, a uh, little puppetry knowledge for you. And did you know that? And uh, next time you see that puppet, give him a handshake or a high five or something. Yeah, that's strange. Don't do that. Okay, let's welcome back Ken Luther. Before we get into our conversation, Ken has a funny story to tell us. <laughs> yeah, it's classic me. If anybody that knows me, they know I would do something like this. So at the end of the racing game, uh, the racing players that stayed out on the pitch to uh, sign autographs, which is awesome, and they must have stayed out there for an hour. Uh, which is super cool, and, and I love it, mm -hmm. especially for the kids. Right, right. Uh, but I was standing in the tunnel. Uh, we were kind of waiting around because I think uh, Rebecca wanted to, you know, high five them on the way out for the win. Right. And uh, the other team started coming off. And classic me, I looked at the other team, and they're, they're like right, they're five feet away. They're looking at me. And I'm looking at them, and I said, "Good job, North Carolina. We'll see you next month." <laughs> <laughs> the, the geographically challenged. <laughs> Rebecca and Davina were both like, "Are you kidding me, North Carolina?" And I'm like, "What? Oh, oh." <laughs> Hello, Cleveland. That's yeah. awesome, man. That's awesome. Totally mean. I would totally do something like that. Well, you're back Didn't now. Even register. Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. But uh, all right. So anyway, like we said, we wanted to do a segment at the end of these shows, digging into a topic. We haven't done it yet. Let's do one. And I believe, Ken, you wanted to get into a little bit of conversation about uh, political displays at soccer matches and as it relates that's to the, su the supporter community. Is that right? I mean, is, is that generally it? Maybe not necessarily political displays at soccer match. Oh, matches, I mean, more like social. Yeah, yeah, you got. It, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, let me let me try to define it. Yes, and please. you know, people can and talk about it amongst themselves, or right. you know, talk about it with me if they see me around or you or whatever. And, right. You know, I think it's just part of this whole thing is to get a conversation started so we can, you know, just talk to each other, get to know each other better, and communicate with with each other. Yes, I think sir. that will help a long way towards you know mending some wounds from before and I agree. moving forward and being a tight family mm -hmm. uh so i had uh, i listened to this podcast from the new york times called the argument and one of the topics uh, uh that they were discussing was the appropriateness of discussing politics in the workplace mm -hmm. uh now Obviously, this is not the workplace uh, for us as a nope. supporters community, albeit sometimes it feels like one when you're uh, in a leadership position. But mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so my, my question I would I would present is, uh, you know, is it appropriate uh, to discuss, bring up and or display uh, polit politics and political leanings? Uh, when we're hanging out with each other in the supporters group community. Okay. So what do you think about that? Well, um, the first thing is, is that I would never, and we've talked about this before, when it comes to expression and speech, I always lean towards go ahead and say it um, because I always fear that if we don't have conversations, you know, either it's silence, which is never really a good thing, you know, it's never good to, 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 to just be silent about things when there's things going on around you. I don't think, but at the same time, you know, people have a right to speak up and, and then it becomes kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? It, there's, there's a sweet spot someplace. And I think a lot of this has to do with the tenor of the discourse now where it is so binary and it is so all in or all out. And one of the things I talked about before, um, is when, you know, we used to get into these screaming matches in the 80s at the bar I used to hang out at. 
And then after five five minutes, people will be like, okay, who's who, you know who's got the next round? Right. It, it doesn't feel like you can do that anymore. I, I, I don't know, man. What do you think? I'm not necessarily sure I want to have a screaming match in right. the middle of the tailgate or Absolutely. something like that Absolutely. about something. Told, I, yeah, it was just I don't an think example. That would go very well. Right. Uh, <laughs> on the other hand, I, I think it, it it's important that we talk about these things. Now, I know there's. Uh, you know, a certain portion of of our community that just doesn't want to have anything to do with uh, politics. Right. I also know there's a certain certain portion of our community that feels it's absolutely necessary uh, to be vocal uh, about what they uh, view, whether absolutely. it's to the left, light, left, left or light, um, <laughs> right, left. All right. The right. Uh, so. I, you know, it's it's kind of that where, where is the balance and when sure. is it appropriate? Yep. And I think what what has started to happen is we've started to kind of disintegrate and alienate ourselves from each other because, you know, these things come up and people have gotten mad at each other. And it's it's just like a microcosm of the of what's happening uh, across our country. Right. Um, so how do we, you know, kind of move forward uh, so that everybody can feel as if uh, they're thoughts and their you know what they want is being addressed right you know, for me one of those things is i've my paradigm isn't right left anymore it, it, it's not um it's more about you know i just want to listen i mean I've, I've really focused on listening to people a lot more um i have my dude, leanings of course dude you talk you talk entirely too much to just listen so come <laughs> on be, be realistic come on now but we, I think no. that's a great point. Listening is 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 very important. Just yep. listening to people. Yep. Uh, but you know, some people just don't want to talk about it, and others do want to talk about it. Sure. So you know, what do you do when you when you get into those situations? Well, it's it, like I said. I think there's 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 an extremism that's 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 popped up over the last x amount of years, where middle ground doesn't seem to be occupiable anymore. And I'm not saying that people should change their... No, well, let me say this. No, my views have changed over 20 years back and forth because I try to constantly learn. And I know I've talked to this with talked with you about this too. My political leaning right now is I don't really want government as the initial go-to solution immediately. I think we should talk about other things first and then incorporate government where we need it. Now, that turns me into some sort of, I don't know, it's immediately people will call me something for that. Well, yes. So it gets to the, to the, uh, somebody very close to me says that we like to lump people into categories. Yes, so if you say a certain statement, I'm going to brand you a right. libertarian, a, a conservative, a liberal, a socialist, a, and I think people are a lot more complex than that. Yes, they um, are. I, I think, think they, they go one way or the other or in the middle or they don't even know enough about a certain issue mm -hmm. uh, to be able to be lumped or categorized in that way. But it's easier, and I, I actually think it's intellectually sh uh, intellectual shortfall to lump people yeah. into categories. And that's why I think it's important to have these conversations so that you do get to know people and you realize that, you know, maybe they're not all the, the, the conservative Nazi that I thought they were. Right. Or the commie or whatever. Because I hate or that. commie. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. I just, I despise when people, we're all individuals. And I'm not saying that, there, you know, there aren't group effects. There may be, I'm not talking about that. And what I'm saying is that I have my own views based on my choices. And unless you ask me, <laughs> you're not going to find out. Now, once you find out about something, if you don't like it, then you don't like it. And then you make a decision and say, all right, you know, this dude, I'm really not down with him. He, he has views about things that I'm not really comfortable with. I'll be on the other side and I'm going to leave this guy alone. And maybe I feel the same way. I don't know. I mean, and yeah. I mean, go, go ahead. So let me take that a little bit further is, is if you haven't had the conversation with somebody, you, you are perceiving them in a certain way when they may not be that way. Right. There's an incredible amount of misperception on what people mm -hmm. think and what people say, mm -hmm. uh, which I think causes communication breakdowns and then causes alienation and people getting angry with each other. And then, you know, the, the whole social media dynamic just, you know, 
makes this an even <laughs> bigger issue because it's an incredibly poor form of communication. Yes, it is. And 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 I, I think we could use our own friendship as an example. You, you're a self-avowed progressive. You've said it yourself. I am progressive, yes. And I'm I am progressive, I am, not if, liberal. No, 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 no. Right. Then I think there's a difference. But Yes, there is. Oh, there is. There definitely is a difference. Here. Yeah. And um, I, if, if I was to label myself, there's no, I would... I'm in a lane of libertarianism. I'm not sure which one. Um, I have my right-leaning views when it comes to government. I have my left-leaning views socially. I've always been a social liberal. I mean, I've never, never not been in my own since I was a young kid. So there are a lot of there are a lot of parts of the libertarian ideals that are very socially liberal. Yes, so, they are absolutely. Yeah. Libertarians don't fit very well into um, right conservatism. No, they don't. When it comes to the social issues, right? Of course. And but there are you know, when it comes to government, I'm very reserved in what the amount of government I want in my life, which is at odds with some of the things that I've learned about progressivism. And, and maybe I can adjust that as I learn more things as, as well. But here's the thing. We've built this friendship knowing it. Yeah, <laughs> we don't absolutely. agree on some things. <laughs> we got caught in traffic at Chicago. We talked politics the whole, the whole way. Right, right. We quickly realized that we were not in the in the same on the, I don't know. I don't want to say on the same team. That's not that's not the right, right. Uh, way to say it. But right. we're, we're, we don't think exactly the same. But it didn't destroy the friendship. It, it because we were honest with how we thought about each other and we listened to each other. Right, right. Uh, I think we we went a long way. Now I'm a faceless government bureaucrat. That's you know kind of my thing. Right. I'll defend them <laughs> to the end because we have all the answers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is that in, in when when. It's no, here's where I wanted to go with this. If I just labeled somebody, like if I, you're a progressive, I just turn around and say, he's a progressive. I don't want nothing to do with him. Well, my life, my life with I, your friendship I, makes me a better man. And there are things I don't agree with, about, but there's plenty of things I do agree with you on. And, and socially we get along great. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to be bereft of those types of relationships simply by labels. And that's what terrifies me about all this stuff, man. It really does. And it feels like. I hate to say this, I think there's forces at work that really want to see this division because they can fill it with their own power. And I, it just, it makes me nuts. I, I'm, I'm that, I just, ugh, I don't even want to get that deep into it. I don't know how you feel about that. But. Well, of course there are forces at work. I mean, it's, it's about the struggle for ideas. And this has been the political struggle that, uh, you know, was in the cold war and, right. and, and various things like that and the struggle between American democracy and Soviet socialism yeah. slash communism. Yep. The, the, these things have just carried forward and these, these struggles for ideas and competition between them have, have just poured itself onto the internet. So yep. the amount of, I don't want to say foreign influence, but other political actors that are mm -hmm. trying to influence your viewpoint on the internet is incredible. Right. Uh, so, of course, right. they want to destabilize America, knock America off their off the perch. Right, so, right. but there is, it. and then the whole idea, like you said, and I'll end my part of it is 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 trying to find that that middle lane because I think this country and this culture, even the soccer culture, finding a lane that everybody feels some sort of connection, not friendship. It doesn't have to be friendship. I mean, you can even no. dislike. It has nothing to do with that. Right. It's that there's a commonality and a culture here that people can be at least generally united. You're always going to have your fringe people on both sides, but at be generally united when, when we, when we approach things that we feel a little weird about that impact the team or something, I mean, some general topic, um, you know, th the more connection there is, the better things are going to go. That's how I see it. So we got a little bit off topic, I think. I thought we did, but that's fine. It works. No, yeah, I don't know that we ever answered the question. Is is it appropriate in our supporters group community to discuss politics? I think it is. Sounds like sounds like to me is if people want to, right, uh, or they're open to at least trying, right, uh, it could go a long way towards establishing better friendships. Absolutely, and I've always said. Here's the other thing I've always said: even somebody that I am diametrically opposed to on a political scale. I guarantee you, I'll still find 10 things I agree with him in life as opposed to that one thing I don't because people have sports, music, art, stuff, Rel books, religion, religion yeah. absence of religion, something. There yeah. is some sort, there's a ton of connections that people can make that have nothing to do <laughs> with political ideology. Soccer, all right? 
if you want to talk about a commonality that unites this entire culture, it is the love or the enjoyment of these teams. You start right. with that. And that's just, and it, but we're so focused sometimes on the differences and it just, I don't know. It, it, I think it's just a harder way to live, man. I'll let you finish up. Well, no, I think we, I think we got to, to where we wanted to get on this very short uh, conversation. Yeah, man. I think, I think it's important that, you know, people can kind of think about what we talked about and, and maybe try some, some new things and, and talk to people when you're out and about. I love it. Me you know, too. Rebecca, Rebecca like loses me in the stadium because I, I'll find somebody that I haven't <laughs> talked to for a while and I'll just start like Tim Clark. Remember Tim Clark? Yeah, the, yeah, man. One of the first presidents of the Coopers. Yes, I saw, I hadn't seen him in years. Right. So I saw him at the stadium on Sunday and I just started talking. We talked for 15, 20 minutes and the game started and, and, and Rebecca's like, where, where, where's Ken? Where, where did he go? And I was, you know, in the, in the corner of a bar, just, you know, chatting with Tim about all kinds of things. Right. Uh, Cause you know, it's, it's our social group. It's kind of where we see a, a lot of our friends and, and, you know, it's fun to do stuff like that. So to me, it's not just about soccer. Right. Right. right, right I understand. There. Right. It's, it's probably more about the social connection I have with people, and, Absolutely. you know, coming out of the pandemic, you know, and having lost a significant amount of social connection. Absolutely. This stuff's important. Yes, it is, sir. But that's uh, that's what we're talking about here is, is trying to work through or not even work through. Just talk about things. And Ken, I really appreciate you doing this. And we're going to do it again next week. Sounds good. As long as you don't get, lost, as long as you don't get lost in your new van in North Carolina, <laughs> in North Carolina. <laughs> well, there you have it. Uh, another edition of the Center Forward podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, looking forward to doing it again next week. Hopefully we'll get some more wins. We like when we win. Um, and like we like to close this show every weekend with a, a little nice something. Um, I want to say thank you personally to the drummers who have played with me over the last seven years. Um, I know it's a heavy commitment. I know it takes a lot of work. And folks, I really hope you just say thanks to these guys and gals because they have put a lot of effort in over the years. It's not easy. Trust me when I tell you. <laughs> it's a little easier now because we don't have to cart that stuff from Slugger. Uh, cause that was, that was crazy, but man, they put a lot of hours in, you know, we're there a couple hours before the game and, and get set up. And then, you know, an hour and a half of beating on drums, pretty nonstop. Um, man, they've made my experience here as part of this community. Really, really awesome. Um, how much I love and appreciate everybody that's been a part of it. Uh, and that is currently a part of it. So, um, man, we'll just keep doing our thing. The groove machine will continue to move on. <laughs> and uh, hopefully this community will continue to move on and keep doing great things. So that's the show this week, you all. Um, thank you for letting me be a part of your day, and thank you to everybody that's been a part of this show and hopefully more people to come. Man, I love you, and I and I hope you're, you're well, and I hope you have a great rest of the week. Once again, this is the Center Forward Podcast. Have a great day. <laughs>